morning, everybody. How's everybody this morning? Good. <laughs> hey, uh, I feel like we're supposed to start off with uh, some ministry, actually. I was asking the Holy Spirit what he was doing this morning, and I feel like there was a couple things. Um, I feel like the, that he wants to release some healing today. Um, and specifically, the, the thing I got was um, he wants to heal somebody this morning or maybe multiple people in areas where, like, you guys got where you were in an accident maybe in the past and you got better or things healed, but it didn't heal right. Um, and you still have, like, residual pain or residual whatever uh, symptoms from that. Is, that. is that anybody this morning? Yeah. Can I, can I have you guys stand for me? All right, uh, body, we want to do something here. I, w- I want you guys to, to come around. If you feel comfortable to come around these guys and uh, just let's pray for them this morning. I feel like there's a release of healing that, that Lord, the Lord is going to make right the thing that did not heal right. You know what I'm saying? So let's get around. So rest of you guys who are sitting down, come on up, get around these guys. Let's pray for them. Let's just release healing. The Word of God says whatever we loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So let's loose healing into their bodies in Jesus' name. Anybody who did not get prayed for, raise your hand. Swing your hands at us. Look, we, want to, we only want to be doing what the Holy Spirit's doing. That's all I'm interested in. Anybody not get prayed for? Right here? Yeah. Come on, guys. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. I also got a thing. If uh, somebody, let's see, was it? Crap, I got to remember. <laughs> the left hand. Anybody having issues with their left hand? Yeah? It was it you? Yeah? Okay. Can I pray for your left hand? What's going on with your left hand? All right. Thank you, Lord. We're going to continue to go after this. You know, it's been uh, spoken over our body multiple times. Some of you guys have been there when when people have come from out of town and there is uh, an inheritance for us in the area of healing. And uh, and the only way to, to see that come about is first off through, you know, interceding and praying for it to come and pass, but also just stepping out. You know what I'm saying? So we're going to just keep on stepping out. We're going to keep on pursuing this because we want to see it come to pass because it's on his heart and he cares about it. Right? All right. Oh, cool. So this morning, I I feel like um, I'm going to sort of piggyback on what Travis was sharing last week. Um... I had a pretty clear dream from the Lord earlier this week that kind of went along with it and uh, just asking the Lord. And I, I just feel like we're supposed to continue down this vein. And, um, but specifically, I, I feel like we're supposed to talk about how, the, how prophetic intercession and how the prophetic in prayer, how they assist in birthing the promises of God in, in our lives. And... Um, I feel like there is, 
We're in a time right now where this is happening to some of you where you are receiving, I don't know, you know, the, the Christianese word for it is a burden for prayer for certain things for certain individuals. And some of you guys don't even know what you're praying about because you're praying in the spirit, but there's a burden to pray. And, um, and there's a grace to pray too. And what I mean by that, there's like an ease to it. Sometimes you guys ever experience when you try to get alone with God and you just you try to pray and it's just tough. <laughs> it's just hard. And you're just like, you know, you're talking to the wall, but it's, you know, it's you're really exercising your faith. Well, there's a grace that's coming for prayer for us to pray and it's easy. And there's actually a hunger to pray and there's actually a desire to pray. And where you're spending, maybe when you normally have spent five, ten minutes in prayer, where you're actually spending an hour or two hours in prayer, and you're like, whoa, what time is it? How did it get so late? That's the Holy Spirit. It's not something that we can drum up on our own. That's like a grace that the Holy Spirit, it's empowering from the Holy Spirit to pray. Because we're really coming onto the cusp of something very large, I believe, in the Spirit. And you guys have been, if you pay any attention to the, you know, prophetic ongoings within the body of Christ, you guys know what I'm talking about. And uh, Travis, actually, he sent out um, a series of videos uh, in the last uh, announcements, right? It was, yeah, it was the announcement email. There's a series of videos where Mike Bickle, is, he's actually recounting and talking about all the promises of God over Kansas City IHOP, but also over our country and the world. And it's tremendous. And I highly encourage you guys to check it out, to watch it, to get it to stir in you what God is doing. Because I, I believe we're, we're on the cusp of this. And um, it's been prophesied through, what, since the late 70s, early 80s, that a move of God is going to be coming to our nation. It's going to be a third great awakening, and it's going to impact the world, actually. And um, I believe we're on the cusp of it. But here's the thing, and it's interesting. It's like, Lord, why don't you just, just do it? Why don't you just go and just do what you said you're going to do? Well, he wants us, and he's ordained us, to be a kingdom of priests. And um, does anybody know what the priest's job in the Old Testament was? I'm looking for a specific word, if you guys know, if you're tracking with me. What did the priests, the high priests, what did they do for the nation of Israel? They interceded, yes. They interceded between God and, and the, the, the nation of Israel. Well, if in the new covenant, we're, we don't have a, necessarily a high priest other than Jesus. He's our great high priest. But now we're all called to be a kingdom of priests. What does that mean about us? Intercession. Intercession. Who, who are we interceding for? What are we interceding on behalf of? A lost world. So if you don't think you're called to intercession or prayer, you're mistaken. You are part of this kingdom of priests. 
And um, you're needed to see the purposes of God established and brought about here on earth. Man, what an awesome privilege. God could totally just sovereignly just do what he wants to do. But he burdens us with his heart, with his will, to see it come to pass here on earth as it is in heaven. Otherwise, Jesus wouldn't have told us to pray that way, right? If his will was not happening on earth as it is in heaven, why would Jesus put it in the Lord's Prayer? There's a responsibility that he's delegated to us as sons and as daughters of him to see his kingdom, to see his rule here on earth as it is in heaven. That is our responsibility as a kingdom of priests. And um, I'm telling you, he's burdening some of you priests with his heart, with his purposes. And there's a grace here. That's the awesome thing about it, because I'll be honest, I can't pray for two, three hours on my own strength. If I could, I'd be like burn out after probably like two days. But there is a grace and a power from the Holy Spirit that he's pouring out on the body right now. Right now. Travis uh, talked a lot about it last week. It was an awesome message. Listen to the podcast. It's happening in, within our body. Because there's purposes and plans for God, for our body, that will not come to pass until some of us take hold of that purpose and, and bring it before the Father. Lord, you said, you said, where you intercede, where you, which literally means stand in the gap. So there's a gap going on here. <laughs> there's a gap between heaven and earth. And we're called to stand and intercede, saying, Lord, you said that our body was going to have a healing well. Lord, you said that in eastern North Carolina, there would be a greater move, a move greater than the Welsh revival. He's looking for that. It's happening in you. If you think we're going we're to go after We're going to pray about this. So anyway, I feel like specifically, though, the Lord's calling us um, to be sowing into each other's lives through prophetic intercession. And, and we'll go through uh, just a little bit here. Galatians 6, 7, and 8. Why don't you guys turn to that real quick? All right. It says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a person sows, this he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will reap destruction from the flesh, but the one who sows to the Spirit will reap eternal life from the Spirit. All right, you guys have heard this scripture before. This is a principle within the kingdom of heaven. It's a law. It's like a spiritual law. And uh, it's, it works whether you're a believer or not. That's why, um, that's where karma came from, right? You guys heard of karma before? Well, it's a stolen, 
<laughs> principle. It's, a, it's been already established by God, and, and, and it's, it's this. It's, you know, non-believers seeing, oh, if I do this, if I sow into this, I get this reward. You know, and they called it karma because they didn't know the Lord. <laughs> but we know the Lord, and we know that God is not mocked. For whatever we sow, we will reap, right? So how many of you guys have heard this scripture used for tithing? Only two people? Wow, man, you guys. You go to church more. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I probably heard this scripture preached on like 20 times for tithing. And it's true. It is about, there is an aspect of tithing, of giving your money, and that you will receive a return. But it's much broader than that. And I feel like the Lord wants to kind of expand that a little bit, specifically in the area of sowing into one another. You know, this can be applied, the same spiritual law can be applied in, uh, in sowing into one another's purpose, one another's calling. You know, when we sow into somebody else's calling and their purpose and why they're here on earth, when they're the gifting of God that's in their life, when we, we begin to pour out our own life, we lay our lives down and we pour out into somebody else's life, you will actually reap the very thing that you're sowing. Isn't that the principle? So if you sow money into the body, into the church, into the kingdom, you will reap money in return many times, right? The seed is money, right? So if you're planting in somebody else's life into their calling, into their purpose, what are you going to reap? You're going to reap the same, which is what? Yes. We will reap benefits from our own callings and our own purposes and our own. See, sometimes we kind of get in this like uh, narrow vision. The Lord gives us a, a promise on our life or, or gives a calling on our life. And we kind of get in this narrow kind of vision with the Lord. And we're just like, we're going after that. And we, we don't see anything else. And we're just, everything is about my calling, my purpose, what I'm supposed to be doing. And Lord, I got to see it happen. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. Except it's unbalanced, <laughs> I should say. We are supposed to go after our purpose. We are supposed to go after the calling of God. We're supposed to value what God has said over our lives and pursue it. But there's also this aspect of the body that we're also supposed to be doing it for one another. That when we, and there's like a principle and a reward system that God has set up that when we actually do that, when we actually get a heart for one another and each other's purpose and calling, that when we start sowing into it, we actually begin to reap the very thing that we want to is our own purpose and our own walking us in our own calling and purpose, right? Isn't that what Jesus did for us? Didn't he sow into us? so that he could reap the reward of us? Well, we're called to do the same. So let me be clear, let me be clear about this. We're, we're supposed to sow into one another's calling, one another other's purpose, and we in turn will receive what we're called to do, what we're supposed to be walking in. But, and we're also supposed to be pursuing it on our own, our own calling, our own. So we're supposed to do both, okay? I want to be clear about that. It is important for both, okay? Because, you know, in this process 
of sowing into one another's purposes. The Lord's preparing us to be able to walk out into our own gifting and purpose. And how does that happen? Well, what is the purpose of your purpose? <laughs> what is the purpose of the gifting of God on your life, the, the purpose of God on your life, the calling of God on your life? What is it for? It's to bring glory to Jesus by helping others, right? Sometimes we forget that. We're like, duh. But many times, I've seen this happen where, where people have pursued the calling of God on their life and, and it almost becomes selfish. And then when they, they walk, they're walking in some level of gifting, it is for them. Or they will be tempted to use it for themselves. So the process of us sowing into one another's calling and one another's purpose, it actually is preparing us to, have, to be able to, to carry the weight and the responsibility of the own, our own purpose and calling on our lives. That we would actually use it for the very purpose it was given to us and it is to love God and to love others with it, right? All right. Joshua 1.12, turn to it if you want and go through a little bit. This is just like a, a prophetic picture of, of the church, right? Everyone knows that Israel is a prophetic picture and shadow of the church. And this is Joshua 1.12 says, To the Reubenites and the Gadites and to the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, Remember the word which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord your God gives you rest and will give you this land. Your wives, your little ones, and your cattle shall remain in the land which Moses gave you beyond the Jordan, but you shall cross before your brothers in battle array all your valiant warriors and shall help them until the Lord gives your brothers rest as he gives you, and they also possess the land which the Lord your God is giving them. Then you shall return to your own land and possess that which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you beyond the Jordan toward the sunrise. You're like, oh, that's nice, Paul. What's that have to do with anything? Well, what we got going on here is you've got this picture of the church, right? The, uh, the kingdom of Israel, and you've got these three tribes who've already received their promise, who already have, are beginning to walk into, into their purpose. And there's this principle here that Moses said, okay, you're going to get this land, but you, you can't actually take possession of it until the rest of your brothers take possession of theirs. Does that make sense? This is how the body is supposed to operate. This is a picture, a prophetic picture of how the body is supposed to operate. That we would have a heart for one another's land and purpose, you know, land, inheritance, all of these things, purpose, calling. And that we won't rest until we see one another walking in the promises of God on our lives. That we won't necessarily focus and uh, uh, get narrow vision about our purpose, our land, our inheritance until all of our nation is, has received the inheritance of God on their lives. 
Because, you know, I really believe that this act for the Reubenites and the Gadites and the half-tribe of Manasseh, this act of them putting on their armor, going to war for their brothers, was actually preparing them to be able to, to receive their own inheritance and not get like completely separated from the rest of the body or the rest of the kingdom. All right. So there are many ways that we can practically help and sow into one another's lives, right? All kinds of ways. But I feel like specifically right now in this time, in this moment, that the Lord wants us to talk about how prophetic intercession is used to help bring about promises of God in each other's lives. And that's why I was saying before when we kind of talked about the the kingdom of priests, because a lot of times I'm not an intercessor. Sometimes you talk to people and are like, I don't, I'm not an intercessor. I'm not one of those weird people who like spend hours a day and they give weird kind of pictures of the Lord's doing this. And I'm not one of those people. And, um, well, sorry, but you are. <laughs> you might not look exactly like everyone else who we kind of personify as intercessors. And that's okay. We need everybody. <laughs> but you're all called to intercede. We're, we are all called to intercede. And um, I really specifically feel like the Lord's highlighting prophetic intercession right now. And um, I'll just share a dream I had this week. kind of goes alongside with uh, what Travis was speaking on last Sunday and just kind of what... I've been kind of working through in my own life, um, but I was uh, in this dream. I was manning this, uh, I have no idea. Other, I knew in the dream it was an x-ray machine device, some kind of x-ray uh, medical device of some kind, right? And one of uh, my friends uh, was pregnant with twins, and we were in this kind of like medical operating room type situation or whatever. And I'm you and and they're having trouble. My friend's having trouble giving birth to these twins. And I so I'm using this x-ray machine. I don't know, it's a dream, you know. <laughs> I'm using this x-ray machine and somehow I'm using it on the person's belly, and somehow the babies are born. And uh and then we go over and we make sure the ba and the babies were alive. The mom was was totally fine. Everyone was healthy. And I noticed there was like a like a cut incision here, like she had a C section or some kind. And um, and then, but everybody's fine. And then fast forward, the next uh, scene of the dream, I'm in my father's house, and I'm talking to my brother, and I'm telling him about all this stuff that's going on. That all this thing happened with this you know, x-ray machine I was using. And I immediately fell on the ground and began weeping and sobbing. And I woke up and I was wide awake. I was, I was like, I, I, told, I woke up from the dream. I was like, wow. Okay, Lord, there's something there. You're talking to me about something here. You know, it's one of those things where I remembered the whole dream. It was very clear. And, um, you know, and, and, you know, I feel like this dream was a, uh, a picture of what God's doing and he wants us to do for one another. And in that dream, that, that x-ray machine, the Holy Spirit was telling me the x-ray machine that I was using on my friend was the prophetic. 
okay? Because x-ray, you know, they, they see the unseen, they go, you know, all that kind of symbolism. So I'm using this x-ray uh, machine to help my friend who's having trouble birthing the promises of God in, in their life. And then I, I switch scenes and I'm telling, giving this testimony of it and I begin to weep and to sob over this thing. And the Lord was telling me it's about that intercession. It's about that groaning with, with, with groans too deep for words, right? That Travis was teaching on last week. And, um, and I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying that through prophetic intercession that we're called to sow into one another's purposes and callings until we see their promise birthed. And he wants to use the prophetic. And so, um, you know, a lot of times, for you guys, uh, this is just kind of dream kind of nuggets about interpreting dreams. So a lot of times when, when somebody is pregnant with a baby, whether it's a man or a woman, because <laughs> I've had dreams where men were pregnant, okay? And, um, but it speaks about the promises of God, right? You guys know this? And this is based out of like, you know, every time there was a promise, you have a baby a lot of times, right? Isaac. And even Jesus, you know, there's this promise that we carry to term, and then it's birthed, and then it actually comes out into the natural, right? Okay. So this is like based out of Galatians 4.28. You know, it says, And you, brethren, like Isaac, are children of promise. So the promise of God is literally formed within us, and is birthed in our lives. So, but sometimes the promises of God are held up and they need outside assistance. Like the friend in my dream who was pregnant with twins, she needed help. And so with this prophetic insight and intelligence from heaven, the x-ray machine that I was using, whatever, I could see what was going on, what was holding up, somehow that was used for the promise to be released and for her to be able to to birth this promise. And it's done through receiving intelligence from heaven and then throwing back that intelligence back to God. There's like this interchange that takes place when we are interceding for one another. And it can come in many forms. You can actually get prophetic revelation. You might get a picture. You might, you might be praying for an individual. You might be getting a picture. You might be getting a word. You know, all the ways that we've talked and trained about how to hear God's voice. And then you begin to actually pray what the Lord's showing you with that intelligence, with that revelation of what's going on. Does that make sense? And that, but that can also come in the form of travailing and interceding in the Spirit, praying in tongues, where the Holy Spirit might come upon you as you're praying for somebody and you just begin to groan. And you even begin to almost, in a sense, travail and labor for another person's promise, another person's purpose. Has that ever happened to anybody in here? Other than Travis, he talked about it, right? Yeah? Yeah. 
what's going to happen more? <laughs> I promise you. And we welcome it because it's so powerful. I know it sounds weird. I'll be honest, it's weird. First time it ever happened to me, I was weirded out. I was like, what the heck is going on, Lord? <laughs> but his presence was so strong on me, and it was like I wasn't making it, I wasn't forcing anything. It, was, it just naturally kind of flowed through me where I just began to weep, and I began to groan, making this crazy noise, and I thought everybody that can hear me thinks I'm a weirdo. Literally, my head is thinking this during that time, the first time it happened to me. But I didn't care. I knew I could feel and sense the presence of God on this, and I knew something was shifting in the spirit, which would ultimately shift things in the natural. And um, Romans 8, that's right. Man, you beat me to the punch here. So sometimes it looks, it can look in different ways, right? Sometimes it'll come like that. Sometimes you'll just be praying in the spirit, praying in the tongues, and you don't know what you're praying for, but you know something significant is going on. I remember one time I had a friend, um, I, when I was going to the college, I had a little side job at Olive Garden, and, um, and I met this girl there. And she had just came to know the Lord. She was a brand new believer. Just gave her life to Jesus. And I was getting to know her, and she actually came up to me, and she's like, there's something about you. Are you a Christian? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I am. She's like, I saw the Lord on you. I was like, wow, that's encouraging. And that's how we first connected. I was like, are you a believer? She's like, yeah, I just gave my life to the Lord, da, 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 da. And uh, I knew there was a connection there. I knew it was like a divine thing. I was, the Lord had placed me there for that girl in Olive Garden. <laughs> You know, uh, and one uh, after a couple weeks later, she came up to me. He's like, Paul, Paul, I'm so excited. I'm going to get baptized. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. You're going to get baptized in the Mormon church. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> Hold up. Back up here. I was like, what are you talking about? And uh, she had had trouble with her family, her mom and dad, abusive situation, she moved in with this family who were Mormons. And they began to talk to her about Mormonism and about all kinds of crazy stuff. And a spirit of deception came upon her. I mean, I, I started pulling out all the Mormon stuff, all the heresy, you know, the Mormon church. She couldn't see it. I was logically breaking down their doctrine and how it was not biblical. She couldn't see it. She's like, no, 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 they're Christians. They're, they love Jesus just like me. You know? And they're going, I was like, no, no, no. Their Jesus is different than our Jesus. <laughs> and we would go through it, and, um, and she wouldn't listen. And I was burdened. I mean, I was in, we were literally in Olive Garden. I was doing my job. I was so burdened, the Holy Spirit kind of came over me. I, was, I had to stop what I, my work, and I went to the employee bathroom in the back and locked the door. And I just began to pray. And then, Lord, I was like, I don't know what to pray, God. And I just began to intercede. I began praying in tongues. I just was like, Lord, I was praying Romans 8. I was like, Lord, I don't know what to pray, but pray through me, Holy Spirit, to change this situation. And I began to pray, and I just prayed in tongues. And I was just like this, I don't know what else. It was like an urgency. 
And I was like, it was like this burden. Like I was almost like there was something in my belly and like I was giving birth to something. It was weird. I'll be honest. It was weird. (laughs) But guess what? Guess where your spirit actually resides in your temple? Right here. Out of your belly will come rivers of living water. And I would feel it. I was feeling it. And then all of a sudden it was like, boom, done. It was gone. That like burden or that pressure. I don't know what else to call it. It was gone. And this peace came. I was like, okay, cool. And I just felt this assurance from the Holy Spirit that it was done. And so I was like, okay, cool. All right. You're doing something, Lord. Something happened in the spirit. Something shifted in the spirit, even though in the natural it did not shift. And I was talking to her every time I went to work for probably uh, the next two weeks. And then all of a sudden, like this one week, she comes up and she comes running to me. He's like, Paul, 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 you and I guess what happened. Oh, my gosh, you were right. Da, 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 da. And uh, I was like, what? What happened? You know, and she said that she went to her, her, youth, her youth group because um, she was young, you know, young girl uh, that where she had gotten saved. And the Lord had given the, her youth pastor a word of knowledge that she was being deceived, but with a spirit of deception and that the Lord wanted to set her free from it. And as soon as he shared that with her, her eyes, I don't, her eyes opened up. It was like her, her, one second she was blind, the next second she was like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? It was kind of like the prodigal coming to the senses moment. (laughs) Like, what am I doing? Oh my gosh. And and her youth pastor prayed over her and delivered her of that whatever spirit deception. And she was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I almost did that. But I know that I know that I know it was because God, first off, placed me in a strategic position in this girl's life. Not that I have anything to do with it because it wasn't me. I didn't know what to pray for. And then when she came to me and shared with this, I began to pray what the Spirit's will was. And I was just interceding. I was just standing in the gap. And in my weakness, I had no idea what to pray. I can't make things happen like that. But the Holy Spirit through me can. And he was looking for somebody who would intercede on behalf of his daughter who was about to get deceived by the enemy. So in my weakness, the Holy Spirit prayed through me in tongues the will of God over this girl's life. And things happened. I'm talking spiritual things happened. Angels released. The release... The resources of heaven were released over this girl's life. I believe an angel was released to go talk to her, uh, to her, her youth pastor to give that word of knowledge. And the anointing to break that thing off of her because it was spiritual. Trust me, I tried in all my man, my wisdom of like, you know, working through the Mormon. Have you guys ever talked to a Mormon before and you tried to do that? It's like they can't see. So the weirdest thing, you can't even argue with them logically. It's not logical. It's spiritual. It's a spiritual blindness that can only be addressed spiritually. You can't argue anybody unless my Father in heaven reveals, right? It's a spiritual revealing, unveiling, revelation coming from the Holy Spirit. All right. Gosh. So um, 
Let's turn to, so a lot of times, let's read this. So God will position you guys as watchmen on the walls of wherever God has placed you, you know, where you're placed, where you're planted right now, at your job, in your, your family, in Wilmington. It's not an accident. You're called to be watchmen and to intercede on behalf of the territory that God has given you, Right? Isaiah 62, 6, I have set watchmen, which can be interpreted as prophets, upon your wall, O Jerusalem, who will never hold their peace day or night. You, are his, you who are his servants, and by your prayers put the Lord in remembrance of, the, of his promises. Keep not silence and give him no rest until he establishes Jerusalem and makes her a praise in the earth. Now, this is talking specifically about Jerusalem and about the nation of Israel, but this is a, a, a prophetic picture of the church as well, that he set us as watchmen, as, that we have the ability to see what is coming or what the Lord is doing, what the enemy is doing, where we have an ability in the prophetic to see in the spirit. And then we intercede with that intelligence that we are seeing in the spirit. So you guys, we're talking about individuals in our, you know, in our lives and stuff like that, because I believe like the Lord, but it can be greater than that. You guys, <laughs> we together as our body, we are all watchmen for this body. You know, me, Travis, Josh, Lonnie, we're not, it's just not just our job. All of us are called to be watchmen for our body, to be actively participating with the Holy Spirit. Lord, what are you doing in our body? What do you want to do? And stand and watch and to see what the Lord's doing. And sometimes the Lord will show you what the enemy's doing, but he will always show you what he's doing in response. Because sometimes we, as watchmen, sometimes we get focused on the enemy. I'm not going to get into that. I don't want to focus too much on the enemy unless the Lord's telling me to. But I always, always want to see what he's doing because whatever he's doing always trumps what the enemy's doing. Always. But we're not supposed to be ignorant of his schemes as well. So he's going to show us stuff that, is, that are going on. And he's calling us to take that intelligence that we're getting from heaven and to begin to throw it back at God. God. And we already know some of the intelligence that he's given our body over the years, right? He's giving us words about our body, that we're called to be a place of healing. We're called to be a prophetic hub, that we're called to be a place where his manifest presence dwells in such a capacity that there's rumor that Jesus is in our house. You guys have heard these, these promises that have been spoken over us for years now. And he's looking for the, for the watchman. He's looking for the intercessor. He's looking for somebody to stand in the gap, to actually take hold and, and actually value what God thinks about our body and each other and actually intercede and be a priest and see it come to pass. You're not here by accident. We're not in Wilmington, North Carolina by accident. It's not an accident. You're here. You're here because God wants to use you here. 
you're needed. And um, anyway, so let's keep moving on. So watchman, prophet is equals prophet, right? Ezekiel 3.17, Hosea 8.9, if you need to get more into that. That's what it symbolizes. And then we get into Romans 8.26. In the same way the Spirit comes to us and helps us in our weakness, we do not know what to pray to offer or how to offer it as we should, but the Spirit himself knows our need and at the right time, intercedes on our behalf with sighs and groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts knows the mind of the, of the Spirit is because the Spirit intercedes before God on behalf of God's people in accordance with God's will. So that's what God wants to do through us as intercessors for one another, for our body, for our city. And I feel like it's like it's kind of like a like a circle within a circle, right? He's wanting us to pray and to intercede and to sow into one another's callings and purposes and lives. The people that God has connected us with here locally. You guys know who those people are. The people that you know you're connected to. And a lot of times it's like people in your home group. That's an awesome place to start. Start sowing into the people in your home groups. Start praying for them. I guarantee you, you start praying for somebody that the Lord tells you to start praying for in your home group, he's going to give you stuff for him to pray over them. I, I guarantee you're actually going to be getting dreams for them as well. Prophetic dreams for them. Because God can trust you with his revelation. He's looking for friends. And he's looking for friends to share what he's doing in, in each other's lives. And he does that through the prophetic. All right, let's wrap this thing up, right? <laughs> um, you know, this, uh, the Lord kind of reminded me of uh, <laughs> This whole picture, he reminded me of an instance in my own life, <clears throat> and it was when uh, my first boy was born, Daniel, Daniel's son, and um, and it kind of just brought this <laughs> picture of of what he's calling us to do in this whole situation with Daniel, and so um, <clears throat> you know Heather was was pregnant with Daniel. And, uh, you know, obviously she carried Daniel for nine months. And, um, and Daniel was a big boy. <laughs> I mean, I used to joke with Heather. I was like, Heather, I see you coming in the room like a minute before you actually do. <laughs> she was big. I'll be honest. She was big. Her belly was, I mean, but she looked like, you know, a toothpick swallowed an olive. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> she was like, but that belly was, man. You saw Heather. Oh, here comes Heather. I see her belly coming in. <laughs> and um, Daniel was a big boy. He was a big boy. And, uh, <laughs> and um, so Heather goes into labor, right? And so we go to the hospital, and, and uh, we are... One before was Lydia was before, and we had her 
in like 45 minutes. It was the easiest birth. Now, I say that as the guy, right? But, <laughs> but it was like, come, Annabelle, it was another story. She was like 22 hours of labor. It was cra- And Heather is like crazy. I'm just going to tell you right now. She's an awesome woman. She did this all drug-free. And... Um, I don't know how she did it, I'll be honest. I would have been screaming for drugs, like, you know, after the second hour, because I was watching this, you know, and oh my gosh, it's traumatic. And, um, but, but Lydia came, it was 45 minutes. We got to the hospital, we barely made it in there in time, and boom, there was Lydia. And I was like, yes, hallelujah, this is how you have a baby. <laughs> 45 minutes. Because remember, I had in my mind, I was getting ready for Annabelle, 22 hours. So I was like, oh gosh, here we go, here we go again. I'm getting... And then when Lydia came, boom, I was like, oh my gosh. So anyways, that's what I was expecting with Daniel, right? So Daniel, I was like, okay, cool, 45 minutes. We're going to get to the hospital, boom, we're done. Let's get out of here. And uh, so we got to the hospital, and right when we get there, and Heather, I might botch some of this, so you help me out here, but I think uh, you were almost ready to, to, to push when we first got there. But Daniel decided to come a little unorthodox. He was turned the wrong way, right? And so... Heather was, I think she tried to push at first. They're like, okay, it's ready to push, you know, but Daniel's kind of, he's turned the other way. Nothing happened, no progress. And it was for like a couple hours. And I was like, oh my gosh, Lord, what in the world's going on here, right? Heather was struggling. She was having trouble giving birth. Okay. And, um, just like many of us, many of us are in a place where we're struggling, where like we have had the promise of God spoken over our life, but we have had, we're just struggling to give birth to it. It's like something's held up. And um, And it was like that time, so basically I, I called, uh, or no, I'm texting, you know, I'm texting some friends, I'm like, oh my gosh, pray, what in the world's going on, pray, Heather's stuck, and so uh, we begin, uh, and I'm praying in the spirit, you know, the nurses and the midwife probably thought I was crazy, I don't care, I was like, we were, I was just praying in the spirit, and, um, and, and my friends, they were praying and interceding for Heather, because she got stuck with Daniel, with, and um and then, like, about 10 minutes later, the, uh, the midwife comes back into the room, and she checks Heather, and she's like, oh, Daniel's coming out. Because I forgot to share this, but before, he, she was kind of, like, saying, oh, no, Daniel's stuck, and um, we're going to have to call the doctor, you know, and we all know what that means, right? Like, you know, the cut, the knife, and we're like, oh, no, we're not doing this. And Heather didn't want to do that. I didn't want to do that. I know sometimes that, that has to happen, and thank goodness for doctors that do that and, and save lives. But I was like, we're not having that. And I, so I, I began to pray. I began to I text my friends. They were interceding. We began to intercede, and we're like, Lord, turn Daniel the right way. Lord, push Daniel out of this, you know, out of Heather. Lord, do something. And we began to intercede together. And about 10 minutes later, the midwife came in, and it's like, oh, my gosh. He's coming out. It's ready. He's ready to come out. He's coming out. 
And everybody was like, oh my gosh. Heather was like, what? I can't push anymore. <laughs> and she couldn't. It's like she couldn't push. She was so tired, so exhausted, you know? And, and everybody, and the nurses, everybody, we were like, Heather, you could do it. <laughs> push. You know, we were encouraging her. We began to speak over her the prophetic promise. Daniel is coming. Push. And she began to push. Oh, my gosh. She's a superwoman. I'm telling you that right now. She was pushing. And we just kept, and, and Daniel would come out a little bit. And then we, and the, and the midwife's just kind of like, oh, he's coming out a little bit more. Push. And all the nurses. And the, I mean, we had a crowd in there, right? And we were like, push. Come on. Because, I mean, first off, she was a phenomenon, like, you know, not using drugs. And, like, she was so big. And so all these nurses were coming and just, like, incur. It was awesome. And uh, eventually, pop. <laughs> out came Daniel. And, man, Daniel was a big boy. He was 11 pounds. But he was healthy. Heather was healthy. And it was just like this huge, I mean, I'm telling you, this, the presence of God came in that room. I'm telling you. There was such relief, such joy, such like, and guess what? Heather, like, it's like Heather, I just like was watching Heather too. She, it's like she totally forgot the past five, six hours, and she was holding Daniel just full of joy, loving on Daniel. And everybody, I mean, it was crazy. We had nurses coming in, like, checking in on us. And like, oh, she had 11-pound baby. She's so small. Yeah, I mean, it was crazy. Like, we, it was like we were famous in the hospital or something. The, the girl, the, the woman who gave birth to an 11-pound baby with no drugs, and it's only five foot three. <laughs> and, um, but... The Lord reminded me that this is really what takes place when we sow into one another. And I feel like some of you guys are stuck with the promises of God. God's spoken over your life maybe 5, 10, 20, 30 years. God's spoken promises over your life. And it's like that baby just gets, it's just stuck. That something's holding it up. And the Lord wants to surround you with midwives. He wants to surround you with prophetic intercessors to see the promise come. That's right, dead, dead. <laughs> and, um, just like Heather, she needed help. She was stuck. Just like in that dream, my friend, she was stuck. She needed the prophetic. She needed somebody to come alongside and to sow into her, to encourage her, to get the intelligence from heaven, what was going on, and begin to pray it back, and then see heaven's resources released for the breakthrough. So I really feel like um, God's calling us to be this type of community. We are called to be this kind of community. This is how the body healthily operates. You know, one of the vision state on a vision statement, one of the, the things that the, the Lord's called us to be is a healthy community. This is what the body is supposed to look like, where we actually care maybe even more about our neighbor and our brother and our sister's calling than we do on our own, where we don't 
where we have the same attitude of Christ, right? Philippians 2, where we prefer one another, where we actually have a burden for one another. We care about each other, walking in what the promises of God are for their, that person's life more than we do our own. Isn't that the attitude of Christ? Isn't that the Holy Spirit's heart? So I just feel like there's an invitation for us to walk in this. All, some of you guys have already answered this call, and you're interceding. You're, they're, they're, you're even having supernatural experiences like Travis was talking about where the Holy Spirit's coming upon you, and you begin to travail. You begin to groan in intercession for something. Sometimes you don't even know who it's for, what it's for. But I'm encouraging you to begin to pray. Ask the Lord, Lord, who do you want me to start sowing into? Who, what coworker am I strategically placed, not by accident, but by your divine appointment? I'm, I am positioned to sow into their lives. Or who in my home group or who in this body, or who in this city have you placed me in close proximity with that I am supposed to pray over to get the intelligence of heaven and begin to pray it out over them and to intercede and be a midwife for them? I do want to do one thing. I feel like the Holy Spirit wants to do something. Um, some of you guys, um, oh, yeah, okay. All right, I just got it. <laughs> All right, stand up if, uh, if you feel like you've gotten stuck. If the promises of God have been spoken in your life and you just feel stuck. Yeah. It's okay. If you can't stand, you can raise your hand. <laughs> All right, this is what I want you guys to do. I feel like the Holy Spirit's on this. I feel like you're supposed to go grab somebody and you're supposed to pray together. And I want, I want one of you guys to, to pray into that person's calling, into their purpose. Ask them, first off, ask them what, what's stuck. Okay? Second off, uh, begin to pray and to intercede that they would get unstuck. And listen, listen to the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit's giving you anything, begin to pray that over that person. And then you guys do it for the other person. You guys good with that? Okay. So go find that person. So the people are standing. Because here, here, there's a principle here. Some of you guys are stuck because as you sow into somebody else's, you're going to get unstuck. Does that make sense? You're going to reap getting unstuck when you sow into somebody who's stuck. I want you guys to go to somebody else who's standing up. And if you feel like there's something like, if this is resonating with you, you feel that you want to sow into these folks, I encourage you guys to get around these guys too. But, I, but I, specifically, I think it's important for you guys to, to sow into one another. Okay? Okay. 